I remember growing up, and, and there were different, different roles that I wanted as a kid. I remember seeing how pretty cool it was that the teachers didn't have homework, and I thought that would be a cool job. Uh, I, I remember growing up watching my dad and my mom have different roles, and I was like, I can't wait one day to be a parent, because then I can do anything I want to do, whenever I want to do it. Then you become a parent, and it's not that way. Uh, I, so some of you, when you, when you became uh, an employee, you got, you got a job, you're like, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to one day become my own boss or become a boss, and maybe you did become a boss, and you're thinking, oh, this is awesome. Wait a minute. It's not near as fun as I thought it would be. You know, most of us identify and see roles, and we celebrate roles. Mom days is a role. Father's Day was a role. Grandparents even have a grandparents' day now. That's awesome. Grand, yeah, grandparents quit spoiling the grandkids. It's really making it hard for us. Uh, so, so, but Roles, roles, as we learn when we grow up, and this is a grown-up lesson. Are you ready for a grown-up lesson? Every role has responsibilities. We don't like to think about that. We just want the role. And in fact, some of us were hoping that eventually if we got the title that we wanted, that people would just follow where everyone would obey, and you find out that's not the way it plays out. In fact, when you get a role, every single role, if it's a valid role, has responsibilities. Now, I'm going to talk to you in the context of being a Christian. And here's what, I, here's what I really believe, and this is, this is very true, I think. In the context of roles and responsibilities, you and I tend to lump them together as though they're the same, and they are not the same. In fact, if you've ever had a job description, remember those things that you once read before you got the job, but then you never read after the job? So those roles and responsibilities. You and I have a tendency to lump them in. They're different. A role is something separate. The responsibilities is how you fulfill that role. So here's what I would tell you. I think this is very true. We often overvalue the role and undervalue the responsibilities. That's why many of us, when it comes to Father's Day or Mother's Day, it's not a great day because the person that had that role in your life did not fulfill the responsibilities as they were supposed to. So how about in the context of being Christians? What if you and I, we had the role, call it Christian, what are the responsibilities of a Christian? Well, some of us might jump on that real quick. That's fine, I got that. I know the responsibilities of Christians go to church. That's our responsibility. Well, actually, no, you're kind of missing the boat there. Some of us think the responsibility of a Christian, if you've been away from church or don't like church, you're like, oh, I know what Christians do. They feel responsible to judge the whole world. <laughs> and we don't have a good name as Christians oftentimes. In fact, some of you keep, keep it pretty secret at working around your friends that you love Jesus or that you're a Christian. In fact, I think the term Christian, the role Christian, may have a bad taste now. What about a Christian? 
If you and I were to boil it down, and oftentimes you and I talk about our relationship with God, you and God, and how that's working out. What if you and I, because this is very, very spiritual, what about you and I talking about our relationships, you and me? What if you and I, when we evaluated our responsibilities, we say, okay, what's a Christian supposed to do with other people? Well, I'm glad that you asked because the Bible tells us. And so I want you to look at, and then we're gonna get in some stuff. Galatians chapter six, the writer's Paul. Paul wrote this, it's, we, you and I call it a book, it's actually a letter. He wrote this letter to several churches in Galatia. Now here's the deal, the churches in Galatia, he helped start and they were messing things up. I know it shocks you that things don't go right in church. Right now you just need a moment, don't you? Just settle down, don't worry. Sometimes in church things don't go right and Paul wrote them a letter saying you better start fixing some things and, and remembering what's true. So he writes them a letter and this letter goes to multiple churches in Galatia, to the Galatians. So in your Bible, the second part, you're gonna come across a book called Galatians. That was a letter written by Paul. Now, you need to know some details. He gets mad. Now, if you've ever read a letter, sometimes, you, you know, if you've ever read a text, let's just say a text, and you misread the text, you're like, I thought you were mad at me, but you didn't put the smiley face. It was a question, I don't understand. And, and so, so Paul writes this letter, and you need to understand that at the end of the letter, at the very end of the letter, he grabs the pen from his scribe. Now here's how Paul wrote most of his letters. He would tell his scribe what the writing is right, and the scribe would write it. A portion of this letter at the very end, he grabs the, the, the pen, I don't know what kind, the, the, whatever it was writing, and he starts writing bigger, because he's mad. So I'm gonna read you a portion of this letter when you need to understand, it's a bit of a scolding. Now, I'm not scolding you. Don't worry. Sit back. You're going to be okay. But you need to understand the intensity of what I'm about to write or read to you because it was written with a great deal. So Galatians chapter 6 starts off with brothers and sisters. Now, you're like, but I was an only child. I'm totally confused. Brothers and sisters. Like, what? Is this a cult? Because you know sometimes. No, no, no. Brothers and sisters, if you don't know this, Jesus referred to people who followed him as brothers and sisters, as family unit. So oftentimes when you read in your Bible about Christians, they'll call each other brother or sister. So, no, no, but here's what, here's what you need to remember. That's a role. So I love how Paul addresses. He's, he's kind of upset. It's kind of intense. And so he calls them out of the role, brothers and sisters. In other words, remember who you are. No, so, so disclaimer, if you're not a Christian and you're listening right now, you can just enjoy the rest of the message. It has nothing to do with you. What I'm about to share with you is what Christians are responsible to do. So, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. I'll, I'll describe that. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Uh, Brothers and sisters, this is the role. If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, that in other words, if you don't know what that means, it means the Holy Spirit dwells in you. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit occupies that soul part. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Restore that person gently. Some of you are like, wait a minute, that conflicts with my experience with church. I know, that's a problem. That word restore in the original language, because I know you're like, what does that say in the Greek, David? Well, again, I'll tell you, I'm glad you asked. That word restore is the same word used as though you were to relocate a dislocated bone. Or if a fishing net had been torn, to mend that fishing net and to fix it. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of color to a scripture verse that says, hey, if you're a Christian, you got a responsibility, here it is. 
to help people who have fallen into sin get restored, people who, who literally have been trapped, who, who got into a mess, you're supposed to restore to them. And listen, <clears throat> gently. Do you need a second with that? Do you understand that the context of being a Christian and the responsibility between human and human is that when someone gets caught in sin, we're supposed to restore them gently. However, many of us, this might be your first day back, or, and you're going, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. My understanding about church is when you sin and when you mess up, it's goodbye forever. And many of us have had that experience. Restore people who are caught in sin. That's one of your main responsibilities as a Christian. I don't care what your experience is with church. Throw it out the window now. If you're a Christian and you find somebody who's been caught in sin, your reaction is not to, hey, let's kick a mother down. Your reaction is not to, boy, you better not come back to my church. Or your reaction should not be, oh, I'm never going to talk to you again. I can't believe you did that or he did that or have you heard no 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 no. if you're a christian if you're not a christian don't listen if you're a christian your responsibility is to restore them to get that dislocated person back into place to mend that net that's why words that if you heard the news lately but what happened in charleston a horrible tragedy and if you heard about how the families reacted to the guy who killed their family members, how they offered him forgiveness. That's one of those moments that I listen and read that and go, I can't believe this. I don't know what I would do, but that's when you look at someone who's fallen into sin. And by the way, they're not saying it doesn't matter, it hurt him a lot, and, and, and they say, may God have mercy on your soul, but, but listen, when someone hurts you or sins or falls into something, your role as a Christian is not to kick them or leave them, it's to restore them, remember that. I know that's not popular, but so, so let, me, let me say this, as leader of this church, listen very closely. If you find yourself caught in sin, we are going to apply what the Bible has told us, and you are not kicked out of our church. We will not ostracize you. We will not ignore you. We will not talk bad about you. We will help you get restored, whoever you are and whatever you've done, because that is the responsibility of a Christian. Now let's press in further, because you want to. Galatians 6, two through three, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. First responsibility, restore people who are caught in the sin. The second one, carry other people's burdens. Not only when someone messes up, but when someone has a burden. You and I are supposed to get involved in their lives and then start fixing some things and helping. We're supposed to be burden carriers. Now, now, if you heard the past series, we talked about how we're supposed to give our burdens to God. You know what God often does in the midst of your burdens? Asks other people to help you carry. Now watch this, Romans 12, or 15, one through two. We who are strong ought to bear the, with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. What if a church were to exist, listen, what if a church were to exist that we believe that we all belong to each other? What if a church were to exist that, that wouldn't say, well, those who gather are good people and those who do not gather are bad people? What if we all believe that we belong to each other, no matter what? what skin color we had or, or how much money we made or where we came from or what we did last night? What if, what if a church were to believe that, that we should be involved in everyone's burdens no matter what they believe? What if a church were to get into lives of people who were desperate and say, I wanna carry, I wanna be a part of fixing your burden. 
Here's what I believe. Intentionality fights desperation. Every one of us knows a desperate person. Some of you are that desperate person. And you've got burdens that are overbearing you, and you are so desperate. If someone had been intentional in your life and said, I will help carry that, or I will help you not even have to pick that up, you would say, amen, awesome, that sounds sweet. Do you know that's the role of a Christian? Some of us think, oh, the role of a Christian is to just have God's forgiveness and grace. And No, 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 no. Yeah, accept that forgiveness, and that's awesome. But we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. And most of you are like, I know, David, this is so awesome. We're supposed to forgive people and help people who are sin get, get restored, but we're also supposed to carry each other's burdens. You're like, yeah, I get that. Well, watch this, watch this. Galatians 6, 4 through 6. Each one should test their own actions. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now that might, wait, 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 wait. Carry their own load, carry each other's burdens. I'm confused. Well, don't be. Burdens and load, two different words, you know that. They mean two different things. It's a capacity issue. I'm about to talk to you about something, you're gonna think I'm getting political, I'm not. Do you know that the Bible says that you have individual responsibilities that you are supposed to take care of and you're not supposed to have anyone else enable you in the midst of those responsibilities? Do you know that the Bible says that every person has their own responsibilities? Think of it like a backpack that you can put on your back that's not too heavy, but they are your responsibilities. And every person also has burdens come into their lives that are huge, overcapacity, giant elephants trying to hop on your back, and you're like, I can't do this. What if a church were to say that we're gonna be actively involved in people's burdens? Well, let me give you a story. We are such a church. And I don't say that arrogantly at all. In fact, I want you to understand, and I'm gonna try to give you as clear of a picture as possible, why we believe as a church, no matter what you've done in your life, we'll help you get restored. We will not weigh your liability, we will get involved in your life. And whatever burdens you carry, we're gonna get involved and help you carry them. So watch this. In 2008, my family and I moved here. We moved from Kansas, it's flat, yes, don't worry about it. We came up to South Dakota, and, and I started to meet some folks and, and really establish some friendships. One of them was the director of the Red Cross was brand new at his job, too. He and I started getting to know each other. And one day, he called me up on my phone. He said, hey, will you come out and see me? I said, sure, where are you at? He gave me the address. I didn't know where that was. I just followed the address and went there, and it was a bunch of homes. And, and I noticed his car parked out front. I went to his car. I said, hey, how you doing? It's great. And I noticed also around his car were a couple of church vans. Everyone knows what a church van looks like. It's a 15-passenger white van with logos on the side, usually outdated, but they're on there. And it's a first-something church of some other place. And I did notice that the, the vans had Texas on there, and I thought, that's interesting. So I asked him, I was like, Where, well, who, who is this? He's like, oh, well, a lot of my job during the summers is to facilitate other churches from all over the nation coming up to here to do missions trips, to help do projects in our city. And I looked at him dumbfounded going, people, people come, to, come to our city and do missions trips, work projects. He's like, yeah, all the time. Well, okay, and, and the conversation ended and I got my vehicle and on the way home, God got a hold of me, hardcore. He says, David, is Fountain Springs Church gonna be a church that forgets where it is. 
Is Fountain Springs Church going to do great work nationally and globally, but forget the very city that I put Fountain Springs into? And I was like, oh. And from that moment birthed our Love Rapid City moments. Now, we've even had to change the names because we don't just love Rapid City anymore. We love the whole area. There's a bunch of cities. So, so listen, we're launching into Love Week. If you're brand new, you're like, I've never heard of Love Week. Do we all just hug? No, there are no hugs. Don't worry about it. Unless you want to hug, but don't, don't hug me. Love Week, a one-week intensive missions trip. Now you're like, missions trip, we do one-week intensive getting into our city, finding out needs, and fulfill needs, meet needs. We do this all year long, by the way, but Love Week is on steroids kind of a moment. In the morning, afternoon, and evening, we are doing projects all over the place. And so I wanted you to hear, though, from participants in Love Week and what that's done, listen, don't miss this. It's connected to scripture. It's all about what the Bible says, carry each other's burdens. I want you to see what it looks like to carry each other's burdens. When a church actually says that our mission field or who we're trying to reach isn't just in Africa, they're in our own city, that there are great needs in our own city. What happens when a church tries to reach into his own city? I want you to see this. So take a look at the stories of Love Week. I didn't know anything about what Love Week was, but I signed up to serve a day to paint, and we painted a whole house with kids, and I got to meet Nick and a whole bunch of other people and work together in painting a house with a whole bunch of kids in it. Uh, I found out through the church, and you know, from three weeks into serving or being at this church, I started getting involved, and as soon as I was told about Love Week, it was just something I wanted to be a part of. We got started with Love Week with our family um, when we were part of being part of Fountain Springs Church. We came out with our kids and um, did some cleanup in the park and did some walking with some families and got to know some families um, when Love Week first started, Love Rapid City. Almost the first experience I ever did, uh, there's pictures I get to see every time whenever I visit Todd's office. It's me, him, and one of our students, Morgan, and we went out to uh, build a sandbox. Uh, and it happened to rain that day, and we're digging to the side of the hill with sand and dirt everywhere, but uh, it was just uh, an enjoyable time. But it's the same way with every single project I get. I always get to make memories with a lot of the people I work with. You really get close to the people that you're around, and uh, we met this uh, man, and he, he uh, really opened up about his life and what had been going on, and, and uh, we really made a close friendship with him, even to this day. Uh, and it's just been interesting to see God work in his life and uh, in, in and through the church. There are lots of times when I've helped with Love Week, but I think the one that stands out to me the most was being served by Love Week. And that was when we had families, and I guess I was part of it, we had families um, come out to Blackhawk Elementary and paint the hallways at Blackhawk Elementary. And we did um, a couple different colors and just had a a neat time of fellowship and it was really cool to see to see people come and connect and to be so passionate about about a project and about pouring into our our kids in the schools and we just had a great opportunity to have conversations there's lots of walls in the school to be painted I'd say you know if you're if your week is busy figure out how you can at least do one day uh, many of us don't truly see love week uh, as a missions trip into our own town sometimes. We just see it as a way to volunteer 
uh, and just do a whole bunch at once, but it really is our church's way of pouring back into our community in a mission trip style. We have a small business in the city, um, and it's really helped us in getting to know people, uh, being able to connect with people, uh, also being able to, to have an outlet to be able to help um, people in different situations and how uh, you know, we can do that. It's been interesting to just be able to be a part of it and see Katie uh, and, and her exuberance in the, in the ministry uh, and have that look, a little bit of that rub off. What I've learned about God is that, that He is so much bigger than the church and He is present everywhere. And so just having that opportunity to see um, see His people and His love throughout the city, that that the church are just four walls and it doesn't everything that we do reflects who God is and that opportunity to serve is so much bigger than just the four walls of the church. You may have never met her before, so I want you to welcome my bride, Katie. Okay? I would give you a hug. I just want to say that. I would hug you if you needed a hug. I have laryngitis if you want a hug. No, no. Hey, we, we want to share with you some stories. So no matter what you've been thinking on right now, I want you just to sit back and hear. Because let's just take a quick poll. Who thinks a church should be involved in the community that that church exists? Anybody? Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, right. So churches should be not just going globally, which a church should do that, but I think every one of us would say, yeah, a church should be heavily involved in the community that that church exists in. And so Katie, her job is to listen to and to look for the burdens in our community and globally. And so she has been the one that we handed over the responsibility of making sure that we as a church are not ignoring the needs in our own community. And she has discovered incredible things and got you and I involved in things that are just awesome, life-changing stuff. So there's a few things I'm going to make her talk about. By the way, if you love public speaking, you're in the minority. So she's really excited to have been invited to be on stage. But no, she loves to get to share with you some of this stuff. So, so Katie, we are in, in multiple areas. One specifically is our school system. Our school system has a pretty bad rap right now if you're a teacher I'm surprised you didn't amen that, but uh, there are, our school system is getting some, some significant press. We, we are the worst paying state in the United States of America regarding our teachers, and even specifically in, in our school district in this area, uh, is very underfunded. So we got into the school system. We've infiltrated, and I mean in the most best of sense. So, so, so Katie, tell us, how are we involved carrying burdens in the schools? Great. Well, thank you. Um, one of the things that we did right after David's conversation with Richard and our just really asking, Lord, what do you want us to do? We decided that the best way to know and understand what the burdens were was to get to know the people in our community. So we started talking to nonprofits and schools. And initially, the schools didn't really let us come in. They said no. They were a little leery of what we were asking to do. We just said, how can we help you? Um, they said, no, thank you. So we brought donuts. And we started, we started with donuts in August of 2008. Lesson number 12 in life, if you want to make friends, 
by Jerry's donuts. donuts. There you go. Um, the best, it was a really great, it made our car smell really good too. So that was, it was a win-win. So we started by bringing donuts in 2008. That's where we began. Um, God has just continued to open doors through those relationships. And what you saw in the video was Holly from Blackhawk. She's the principal there. We've been able to serve for several years at Blackhawk Elementary. We've remodeled the teacher lounge. We've painted dozens of classrooms and hallways, and it's been amazing. Last year, they're literally exploding. Their school, the student population, is growing by leaps and bounds, over 400 students. So every year that we have went there, they've been moving classrooms around. The, the lounge that we put the teachers in and remodeled it, they actually had to turn that into a classroom even. So last year, we had the privilege of going in and turning some storage units outside into working, functioning classrooms for the sixth graders or fifth graders. And it was amazing. We got to sit down with the teachers and ask them what they wanted and what they needed. And then we got to make it happen. And one of the things that we learned, and Holly mentioned it briefly, we want influence in the schools as believers. We want God to be involved in the schools. We sent 40 people a day just to Blackhawk Elementary doing stuff all week last year, walking the halls, painting, praying, being present in the schools. And there's just something so powerful about that. I think we know that we need to be praying for the schools and involved in the schools, but sometimes we forget to remember that. And so it was just a huge privilege. We're actually in 28 schools right now, almost 29, but we are in 28 schools right now in our region. Yeah. <laughs> 28 schools. Half of you are like, we've got 28 schools in our area. <laughs> when you read news articles, when you watch news stories, when you have conversations with people talking about our school system, do not just have it be all negative. What you can now speak and say, my church is involved in this school system and trying to make a difference. So for those of you who have already given effort, who give to this church, thank you very much. I mean, this is making a huge difference. But we're not just in the schools. There, there are tons and tons and tons of needs. And, and many of them are just individual people who have needs and, and have burdens. Talk to us about that. Well, last year, we... We connect all the time with local nonprofits. They're doing the work, and we don't want to duplicate what they're doing. We want to come alongside and support them in what they're doing. And so we, one of, the, one of our partner organizations is called Love, Inc. And we connected with Love, Inc., and they had just a ton of people that were in need of support. And the, the list was so long that they weren't able to fulfill all of those. And so we got partnered with a family, uh, a sweet couple. Their names are Arthur and Joyce. And Arthur had been through a significant medical issue. He'd been in the hospital for a long time and was really frustrated because his mobility had decreased. He had to use a walker. Well, they had stairs leading to the door to get into their home. And so they needed a wheelchair ramp um, or a ramp that he could walk, that he could use his walker for. So we went over to visit them. It started just to go connect and take some measurements. Our team ended up there for hours. They ate lunch, they walked through the garden, they just had a great time getting to know one another. We ended up there the, the entire week. Um, we not only got to do a ramp and a new porch for them, we installed a storm door, we installed a new kitchen faucet, we got to put, a, put some rails in the, bath, in the bathroom for them, um, and we made some new friends. It was just really powerful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> just contextualize that a little bit. If you had parents in a place that you didn't live, wouldn't you love it if, if, if your parents or grandparents' church 
just took care of them when they needed, needed stuff. That's what you and I are supposed to do is carry each other's burdens. And sometimes it's a, it's a ramp. Sometimes it, it's a new storm door. But, but we're, we're involved in the schools and in individual lives. But there are many nonprofits in this area that do not have what they need in order to do what they need to do. And so we've actually partnered with nonprofits to help support them. And there's some specific ones, but there's a story I want Katie to talk about. Yes, so Black, Black Hills Works is an organization in town that supports a population in our community that is just amazing. It's amazing what Black Hills Works do, does. They're very passionate about our community. And they had a vision in 2010 to create a park space that wasn't just for the people that they serve and the families of those they serve, but for the entire community. One of the things that they have noticed is people with limited mobility have a hard time being able to relax and go to a park. Uh, there aren't a lot of wheelchair accessible places. And so they had a vision in 2010 to create a place like that. And we got to partner with them last year to clear a space for some, for some park games, for a shelter, for a wheelchair swing that is just amazing, that a wheelchair can roll onto and, and somebody that most of them had never ever been able to be on a swing before and feel that motion, that very therapeutic motion. I would love to swing right now just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> if, you've, if you've never done that, um, and then you get to do it. It's one of it was one of the coolest things to get yeah. to see people that had never got to swing before and that was just because we got to partner with them and send people over not just to hear about what Black Hills Works does but to be able to partner with them and serve our community in this way. And, and Black Hills Works is, is not a Christian organization but what's fascinating is after they got this shelter built and this swing that allows a wheelchair to roll right onto it mm -hmm. and, and they got all this all this got done they invited us and said, hey, hey, Pastor David, will you come out and pray at the dedication ceremony? I'm like, sure, okay. And so we went out and there's, there's these people, I don't, I don't know what they believe, if they like God or believe in God or anything, but because we, you and I invested in this, they wanted us to be a part. And so there's a list of all the organizations, all the businesses and construction companies that helped make this happen, and then there's this one church name Fountain Springs Church, you and I helped literally make a major moment for many people. That shelter, that swing, that disc golf place, it gets utilized so much, and people are very, very grateful. So, so thank you for being a part of that. So now, some of you, you're like, I wanna be a part of Love Week. I, I, let's do this, I'm glad you're thinking that. Some of you haven't signed up though, and you're like, I wonder what we're gonna do at Love Week this week. Again, I'm glad you're thinking that. Katie, what are we gonna do this week? Well, we, we have a ton of opportunities, and we want to make it all-inclusive. So we do everything that we can to make sure that whatever your availability is or whatever your level of skill, some of you are heavy construction, I am not, so I will be pulling weeds a lot, painting. We are partnering with organizations like Bethany Christian Services. Bethany Christian Services is an organization that's helping kiddos have safe places to live. They're amazing. They just moved their office to a different location, a better location, and we are going to repaint their whole office on the outside and do some landscaping. We're also partnered with some churches in town that are in need of some help, so we get to go partner with them. Wait and a minute. <laughs> now I'm a fourth generation preacher in a row. You, we're a church. And we're going to help some other church? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's allowed? 
Absolutely. Then I think we should celebrate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't grow up in church, you don't understand the uniqueness of that. However, I think churches should help out other churches. Mm -hmm. uh, we're here all trying to show people who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? Sorry, I did yes, not mean there to are not a, there, The churches in this community, if everybody in this region went to church, there would not be enough space in the churches that we have. And so we want to, we want to walk alongside however we can to support churches. Uh, we're putting siding on one of the churches. In another church, they are in a community that desperately needs an after-school program. And so we're going to go create a space within this building that they have that is able to facilitate an after-school program for the for the children of that community. And so uh, it's just amazing. We're sending a team to Kadoka. I don't know. It's a fun name to say. I don't know if you've ever been to Kadoka. <laughs> We're going to send a team there and work on some, some low-income housing to make people um, feel honored and, and loved and valued, that they can have a safe place to live. Um, it, th those are just a few of the things. We're, we're actually close to about 200 gallons of paint that we will be that we'll be spreading all over this region. Um, hopefully well and not on the floor. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not a good painter, so we'll just see. And I'm just going to say this. <laughs> if you don't know this, I am unashamedly going to tell you, if you buy paint, go to Diamond Vogel. Yes. Yeah, Diamond Vogel. It even <laughs> makes me emotional about it. Diamond Vogel, um, we're using a ton of paint. We're not paying for very much of it at all. Yeah. Um, Diamond Vogel is donating. Almost everything. Yeah. So, how do they sign up? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, <laughs> if you have not yet signed up, we are doing cards. It's available. You can sign up on the app or online. But at this point in the game, we want to make sure that we get connected with you as soon as possible so that you know where you're going. So this card right here, they were on your seats. Maybe they're underneath now. I don't know. Uh, maybe you were taking notes on it. But if you could grab this, and outside, we actually, because Love Week and everything that we do all year long, we want to connect you also to, to your church family. And so we have hot dogs, you have noticed, probably, and chips. That was really interesting at 10 a.m., but people <laughs> ate them. I don't know. Um, we have hot dogs and chips and then t a team in these shirts that are out there that can connect you if you'll just give this to them. If there's any special notes or anything, you simply let us know your name and when you're available and what type of work you want to do. Um, if you can't serve this week, if you've got a lot going on, if you're out of town, we actually have a guide. Right? It looks like this, and those are out there too. It has daily uh, lessons and daily notes on how you can be praying for the teams, for our nonprofits, for our schools. And on the back, it even has some notes on, on how you can get involved in other ways. The last thing that I wanted to share with you is we have a lot of families in this church. David and I have three children um, ranging in age from 2 to 11. And so it's always very interesting when we try to do something together, focused as a family, um, because we have a few, we have a few um, interesting ages going on right now. And she's um, including me in that. <laughs> I love you. So we have something called a special assignment. So as a family, if you, could, you can grab one of these for each of your kiddos. And it has daily teachings that you can just read through with your children. Nothing intimidating or overwhelming. And then it's got some opportunities for you to walk out what you just learned about the Word of God. And you can, you can let them choose what they do. And then you get to do it as a family. So that's, that's in here for the week. And then there are these really cool special agent shades that come with it. These are kid size, though, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. I'm so sorry. They didn't fit David's head. He was really upset. Um, 
but we have these as well, and those are, those are available outside with the hot dogs and the chips. We want to make sure that you can get involved and connected. This is not something that is just a one week and done. We, we want to help you connect with people and places in your community that need you all year long. That's one of the greatest ways to show people Jesus is to be invested and involved and to see um, who's, who's in, in your neighborhood and who's in your community. I, I would tell you, and I don't, I don't mean to seem so dogmatic about it, I think the number one way to be a fake Christian is to not carry each other's burden. And for so many years, Christians have been notoriously known as a group of people that only care about themselves. Let's refuse to let that sink in. Let's be a church that's just as actively involved in our community, so much so that our community relies on us and likes us. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> So, so in Galatians, I was reading to you how we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. But watch how it ends, Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. Carrying each other's burdens. Helping people who have fallen into sin get restored. But specifically carrying each other's burdens. We reap what we sow. And so many of us are caught up right now in our own details of our own lives circumstances, and we're like, I want, I need, I wish someone would just come by, and, and, and we're so saturated. That's this week, aggressively get our eyes on other people's burdens, where we as a church say we refuse to focus on ourselves, and we choose to focus on our community. You reap what you sow. So this week, we're going to sow like crazy and do our very best to show people who Jesus is.